there are souls that need to be saved and the time is now. Neither one of us could sit back and say, well, Lord, I, don't, I can't speak for you. I can't do this. I need to go to college for four years. We don't have four years because the Bible said we don't know when he's coming back. Well, hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, I've got a special treat. Today we have with us Minister Nelson Robertson. He preached in today's service, and I really want you to hear this message. And this message is entitled, Now is the Time. Oh my goodness, what a thrilling message. And I couldn't wait for you to hear it. So we included it here on the broadcast, on the CD, on the podcast, or wherever you are listening. So without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Now is the Time by Minister Nelson Robertson. It is a wonderful day, and it is a good day to be alive. Because the reason why I say it's a good day to be alive, because we have an opportunity of representing the king and representing him in this dark and dying world where men and women are looking, they are searching for the truth, they are searching for answers. And you and I know the only place that they can get that is through the word of God. Have you ever, well all of us I'm sure went to the mall one time or the other. And I have went there many times. It's, it's, it has been a while since I went to the mall. I try to stay away from it as much as I can. But when I go to the mall and I get go upstairs and I look down, you can see all those people, sometimes thousands, just walking around, some not interacting, not even smiling. Just If they're in pairs, they just walk. They're not even making eye contact. And you can see the confusion. You can see the disconnection. You can see a place where basically there's no love. It's like every man for himself. A friend of mine just made this statement this week. God for us all and every man for himself. <laughs> and when we pay attention to the word of God, it does not take us long to see how the Bible is the most popular book in the world because everything it says is taking place right before our eyes. So this morning, let us start with the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 to 38, and it reads, and I'm going to read from the, um, the New Living Translation. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without shepherd, without a shepherd. He said to his disciple, disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Jesus was concerned about people. I looked up the word compassion, and it says to the concern for the suffering or the misfortune of others. He was, when he looked at people, when we look at a crowd of people, we can see the, the dysfunction, we can see the helplessness, the confusion in this world because 
the enemy has stepped up his attack where he got people so are scared to go to churches. They are scared to go to other places. They are scared to mingle with one another because of all the shooting and bombing and all this thing that is going on. You can see all the, 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 the disconnection, the helplessness. Folks stop believing, stop trusting one another because they don't know who is the enemy. Cannot even distinguish between right and wrong because of the, the fear that the enemy has, that has uh, uh, bring into our life because of the things that is happening. But when we see those people and when we see things like that happening, we got to see things from the eyes of Christ. When he saw this crowd, he did not just saw people who are just dumb and stupid or who don't know where they're going. He just saw uh, souls to be won because he said he looked on them with compassion. He had pity on them because the scripture says, When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were confused like sheep without a shepherd. And what do a shepherd does? A shepherd, he take care of his sheep. He lead them to water. He take them to another place where there is more food. Once they're, once they're finished feeding here and all that is finished, he takes them over to the other side. It's like he's saying, I want to be your shepherd. I want to take care of you. He is see, he's seeing the things that they that what he can do for them and the things that that they are lacking is he have it, and he's like man if you know just like uh, you remember in the Bible, when the disciples came back and they met Jesus talking to the woman at the well, and he said if you only knew who you were asking for a drink of water, I can give you water that you will never be thirst again. And it's the same thing. He's looking at the crowd with compassion. I have what you want. I can give you a better life. And today, when we see others, when we, we go around, it's not like we, we don't have the right to judge them. We, we are put in this earth with a purpose to win souls. It is all about souls. I believe sometimes we forget our purpose. I believe sometimes we get so caught up in the blessings and other things like that that we're, we, we, we forget that we are, we are already in there. We, are, we have already accepted Christ and we have an, an inheritance. We have everything that we need. Now, the, what can we give back to Christ when he owns everything? The only thing we can give back to him is our service. Even our life belongs to him. The scripture says... We were purchased with the precious blood of his son. So what can we give to someone who made and owned everything? The only thing we can give to him is our obedience. He was so concerned about others. Even though he knew that he was going to die, he knew what he was going to suffer. It didn't matter to him. What matters to him was to do the will of his father to bring the good news to let them know what is available salvation is available to you i can give you a life that you don't you will never die i'm going to i will go and prepare a place for you where there will be no more suffering there will be no more hunger there will be no more crying you don't have to look over your shoulders anymore he had compassion on them and that's why we, the scripture said that in Ephesians 5 and 1, 
We must imitate God in everything that we do. He was the best example. God sent us his best, not just to die for us, but to show us how to live and how to enjoy life. He was the best, best example. Even though he was beaten, he was spot on, he never retaliated. And today, we allow the, the spirit of offense to run so easily or so wild in our life. One word of offense, one word spoken and taken out of context, destroy a whole marriage with not just two people, but with children. One word, and he never, never retaliated. The scripture said, he said, I could have called 10,000 angels, destroy this world and set him free, but he never one day. I think in the scripture it mentioned uh, uh, legion. Legion. Am I right with that? But he did not one time think about himself. Not one time. He saw compassion. He had compassion of that. When we look out, not for just ourselves, the scripture said that he who, he who have pity on the poor is like you lend it unto the Lord and he will repay you. Now let's look at Esther. In the book of Esther, uh, chapter 4, remember, because of uh, hatred for the Jews, Haman, he wanted to destroy all the Jews. Because Mordecai did not bow down and worship him, he wanted to destroy all the Jews. Then he lied and they created a law to destroy the Jews. And then that message, the news came back to, to Mordecai and Mordecai began to cry. And there's someone, that, uh, one of uh, Esther's uh, um, servant uh, went back and he, she told, he told Esther what was going on. And now Esther and Mordecai, they're related. And she wanted to know what's going on. So uh, Mordecai sent a message back to Esther and tell, tell her what they was about to do with the Jews. They was about to kill all the Jews. And seeing that she was so, she was in the palace. The king was very pleased with her. So Mordecai sent a message to Esther and tell you got to go into the king and try to talk to the king so that we can get some kind of uh, something that he will do something and try to keep us from getting killed. But Esther sent back a message and said, you know I can't go into the king now. He, she, he did not call for me. And anyone who entered into the presence of the king without he called for them is dead as the day, dead as the night. You are dead. That's how serious he was. But Esther said, she, she sent the message back to, to Mordecai. And this is it. Let us read verse 13 and 14. It says, then Mordecai told then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, liberation, res liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place. And you and your father's house will perish. Since you did not help when you had the chance and you knows, and who knows whether you were, uh, uh, 
whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this and for this very purpose. And I'm going to read it again. I want you to get this point. It says, you and, you and your father's house will perish since you did not help when you had the chance to help. And who knows whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this and for this purpose. I want to speak today on the subject, the time is now. We, we all have a chance. When we look at the crowds, when we look at people, when we look at others out there, we can see, all, for myself, the only thing I can see is souls to be won. To be won. I'm looking at people that need Christ. I'm not looking to find fault to say, well, hey, you just came out of the, the club or you just come out of a, uh, another man's house or whatever. I'm looking at the fact that there is souls to be won. And we are the one who, who will be taking those news, the good news to them. Because without the good news, without you being sent, how can they hear the word of God? And today God is saying to each and every one of us, this is your chance. Look around and see what's going on. This morning I picked up my phone and looked at the news and their foe just got killed up in Tennessee. And it's shooting again. And these are the things that is happening that, that keeping God's people out of church and keeping God's people from fellowshipping with one, with one another. Because of fear. The enemy is creating a, a, an atmosphere of fear that you now getting to the point that you don't even want to congregate because you're feeling that there's going to be another shooting here or there's going to be another bombing there. But these are people that, that need to know Christ so that their life can be changed. The Bible said we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. It is spirit in wicked spirit in high places. These are people that, been, that has been held bound by spirit of anger. Spirit of grief, spirit, anything that is, that is against God. He is using these things to create fear in our lives. We cannot just see them as just someone, oh, he's no good. Because look at what happened with Jesus and this man that, um, that was uh, um, possessed by that spirit that was living in the, in the, in the cemetery. When Jesus came, when he got out of the boat, the scripture says, when he, he came, the, the man came running to him. And Jesus cast that spirit out. Well, this spirit went into the swine and they drowned and everything. But when they came and saw what happened, the same man that was walking around naked, so powerful that they could not have contained him with, with chains and different things, was sitting right there at his feet, just praising God. The same man, he didn't have to go back and born again and come back. So we're looking at these people. They are souls that need to be saved, and the time is now. Neither one of us could sit back and say, well, Lord, I, don't, I can't speak for you. I can't do this. I need to go to college for four years. We don't have four years because the Bible said we don't know when he's coming back. And the time is now. Even as when one sinner turned. The angels in heaven re rejoice over that one. Each and every one of us have a, a place to play. Esther had a place to play. Mordecai uh, told, told her, this is the time. What if you was 
place in the palace for a time as this. What if God is calling on you, Sunday school teachers? God is calling on you to teach the next generation if he, if he waits that long before he comes back. So that they can know God and be able to live a life that is pleasing unto him. They are, a lot of these guys, a lot of these women that is doing these things out there, you can, you can go back and check the background. So many of them, and I can tell you this, uh, this, some of them was right in my family. I'm not saying they're killers, but I'm saying what I'm saying is they started up without God, get children, have children, and the children that they raised do not know God. And here is a generation of ungodly family that is growing up. And what's going to happen after that? If God is not in their life, something else is going to take that place. And that's something. If it's not the spirit of God, it will be the spirit of the enemy. And it will use them to do the same thing. Not speaking it over their life, but it's the truth. We are placed here for a time as this. As dark and as dangerous as it might look. It is our responsibility to take the word. It's our responsibility yes. to continue to shine in that dark world. Amen. This is not it right here. This is just the four walls where we come, we refresh, we fellowship, we worship. But there are some out there do not even want to come into the church because of the life that those that say they love God is living. And the Bible says that they deny God by the way they live. Yes, they, it says that some have a, a, a form of godliness. They say, I know God. But the way they live with each other, it prohibits the sinner to come into the church, into the house of prayer. Because the first thing that comes out of their mouth, I thought you was a Christian. Why are they saying that? Because they know and they, what they expect the Christian to be like you are far away from it. I am far away from it if we are living that way. They know. Just like the enemy, the devil quotes scriptures. Sinners know the scriptures too. But it's our, the only Bible that they might ever read. It might be our life. The way we live. The example. Christ expects us to follow his example. He saw sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion, pity on them. He wanted to be their shepherd. He wanted to lead them into a better place. He wanted them to have a better life. The scripture plainly told us, it says, when we believe in God, those that believe in God, the same work that, that Christ does, we will be able to do those works too. Jesus said it. If you believe in him, the same works. But we have folks that are saying that is blasphemy. He never, he never said that we're going to be God. He said that we will be performing those same works. We will be the one who laying hands on the sick. We will be the one who, who breaking the, the stronghold of the enemy over those life that has been living in bondage. We are those, the one. But then sometimes the enemy began to play fair in our lives. 
we heard of spirit and we start backing up. Sometimes I believe that we forget that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have control. We have authority over that spirit. The name of Jesus is above every name. And when you go in the name of Jesus, he must bow. That is our ammo right there, the name of Jesus. John chapter 9, verse 1 to 4 said in the King James, it says, and as, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciple asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God shall be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Even Jesus, our Savior, said that he must work. And too many of us are sitting back, warming pews and say that we don't have nothing to do or we can't speak or I'm not a pastor. The pastor can't do it all. That's why he said pray for workers in the vineyard. And the Bible said for us to know what is right and not doing it, it is a sin. We will have to, be, we'll have to answer for that. We don't have to go overseas. We don't have to go to Texas. We don't have to go to New York. It could be a neighbor. It could be someone who does not have parents. It could be a child, a teenager, teenagers, anyone that is coming up that needs that kind of guidance. We are the one who have to implement that now. So there's nowhere... And the Bible even talks about judgment started in, in the house of God. Because first of all, we are getting the word. We know what the word says. But yet sometimes we find all kind of excuse. Just like Jeremiah. Jeremiah told the Lord that he cannot speak for the Lord. He said he was, matter of fact, he said he is too young. The Lord told you don't say that. You must go and do what I told you to do. And if you don't go, I will make you uh, embarrassed in front of these folks. You must say what I said. There was a time in my life where, my God, I came up with every excuse I could find. Well, I have an accent. Well, I can't speak. Well, people going to laugh at me. But you know what? Uh-huh. At the end of this life, I will be the only one standing in front of him. Not who was looking, not who is laughing, but just me. For what I did not do. And I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to do what he calls me to do. Because when that time comes, I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, works cannot get you into heaven. Works is just a product of obedience to God, your love for God. Because he loved others so much, that's why he had compassion on the, the crowds. That's why he had pity on the crowd. And that's why he came. It's his love that caused him to come to this earth. Works cannot get us in. It's when we believe on the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then we are saved. The works is just obedience for our brothers and our sisters, our love for God, that we love one another as Christ has loved us. Our love for God 
that we give to the poor. It is our love and obedience to God why we go out even though it looks dangerous, even though it, people are getting killed. It, does, it is our love for God and our obedience to him why we do what we do. Because if he did not love us, he would have never given us his best, his one and only son. That got to be love. You can, you, can, you can just picture that for the rest of your life, and that will take you a long way. Man, that is love. I cannot even think about taking Junior, and in, in, I don't even want to think about it sometimes. I said, Lord, please don't ask me to do that. To say I give up my one son and, you know, crucify him. It, it hurts to even think about it. But look at what he did. He sent his one and only son. And he was not even thinking about his own self. He said, Lord, take this cup away from me if it's possible. But then he said, you know what? Forget it. Not my will, but let your will be done. That's how concerned he is about us. And we have, this is the time now for us to rise up and let the enemy know that greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. He have no control over us. He cannot stop you. The dunamis power that is in you is powerful, more powerful than him. Water break. Praise God. Let us go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20 in the King James Version. And it says, and Jesus came and spoke and speak unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Folks, the time is now. We have got, we got the word. The word has spoken. And the word has to be the final say in our lives. There is too many out there that is suffering, confused, being deceived by by many, too many that that is confused. I have a friend of mine that is um was a deacon in the church. He said that God is going to kill him, and I'm not mad at him. You know why? Because what I'm mad at is for him to allow the enemy to pull him away from the word. He know the word. But when I say I'm not mad at him because I'm not seeing him, I'm seeing the enemy speaking through him. It's the enemy that is saying that God would never say that. That's the enemy is putting these thoughts in his mind and confusing him, thinking that God is going to kill him. So he went back out and drugs, and now he's sleeping from, from the apartment to the woods. Sleeping in the woods. <laughs> Folks like that, we have to have compassion on them. We have to have pity on them because when we see someone like that, we know that's not a normal man speaking. 
when we saw someone shoot someone, we're not saying it is right, but we know that's not a natural man acting like that. When someone talk about you, we're not condemning them. We know that it's a spirit of, 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 um, of um, jealousy or something that is speaking through them. But we got to be an example. We got to live. We got to shine. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We got to not render an eye, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. We got to show love. We got to walk in that love. Like Pastor said, we got to always be in prayer. Our life has to always be centered around God and prayer because if we cannot hear from God, if we cannot hear the voice of God, you're going to be listening to the next voice that you hear and it has to be the voice of the enemy. And it's going to pull you away from all that God has sent his son to, to die for and to, re, to, to, to take back from the enemy. He's going to pull you away from all that. And anytime you allow him to creep into your home, your marriage, your life, you can expect destruction. destruction. Pull him out of the church into the woods just because of some drugs. And yet we can sit back and say, well, it's not my problem because he's not my family. We can sit back and say, well, I'm safe. We can sit back and say, well, hey, I'm just going to sit right here until Jesus come back. He's coming back soon. But you got to understand our purpose is to go ye therefore and baptize them, teach them, let them know what God has said. That is our job, not to judge them, not to look down on them, it's to have compassion on them. And there's a whole sea of fish out there, like the Bible says, he'll make us fishes of men. But the time is now. We cannot wait until tomorrow. We cannot wait until next week. We cannot wait because the scripture said no one knows when he's coming back. And he, he commissioned us. This is, a great, this is what they call the great commission. To go out and reach those that are lost. It might sound like it is a simple message. But when you really think of it. When you look at all that are, that are confused. All the marriage that has been broken up. When you look at the, the prison house that is so full. When you look at the, the places where you go to, um, to get yourself clean from drugs and all these different things. When you look at all that you will see your purpose in life. And you will see how blessed you are to have a right mind this morning. To wake up to be able to clothe yourself this morning. But it's not about me. Jesus didn't say it's about him when he came. He said he came to save the world, not to condemn them. And the scripture said that we are his ambassadors. And we are the one now. We are the one speaking for him in this earth. The Holy Spirit is speaking through us. This is our time to shine. The enemy, you see, you might wake up in the morning and there's the news. Well, this one, someone just got shot in Carrollton. Five minutes after, someone just got shot in Atlanta. And the next two minutes, they tell you, um, breaking news. Uh, we'll be right back um, at 6 o'clock with this um, Someone just got killed again over there. Now it is uh, 5.59. They're going to give you another news. One minute of someone just get killed. Now, you see, the way the enemy set this up, he want to make it seem like he is winning. Like you get these three things. 
but they will never tell you about the thousand good things that are the thousand souls that just been won. They will never tell you about the thousand souls that just has been won. But those three little bad things, he will use that to discourage you that you think that everything in the world is bad. And here we go now, we, we go back into that hole. I'm not going out there. Those folks are killing people. I'm not going to church. I mean, they just shut up a church. But they will never tell you about the thousand souls that just been won. And that's why we have been commissioned for a time like this. This is the time we have to step up. This is the time we have to step up and let the world know that greater is he that is in us. This is the time we got to let them know that Christ is still alive. I love, I was reading, I was studying the book of um, Chronicles and I began to read about Solomon. And there were so many times we discussed the riches of Solomon, how Solomon becomes so rich. How Solomon, all the wealth that he had, uh, the, the Bible even talk about he had imported horses. The man had imported horses. Horses imported. <laughs> you know how you will import a car from, from China, Jeff? He had imported horses from Egypt. The man was rich. But most time when I begin to study men or women in the Bible, and their accomplishment. I want to see how did they do that. And the Bible said, let, uh, let me read, let us go to Psalms, Second Chronicles, verse 1, 7 to 12. And it said, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered God, you have shown great kindness to David my father and have made me king in his place. Now Lord, now Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this this people, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? He did not he, he did not claim that these are his people. Watch this. He said, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people, over whom I have made you king. You see, God is so concerned about his people. And Solomon was not a concern about himself. He was concerned about God's people. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will I give in you. And I will also give you wealth, possession, and honor, such as no king who has before you or ever had, and none after you will have. Because he was concerned about God's people. Just like how Jesus was moved with compassion for those people, Solomon was concerned about God's people. 
He want to make sure that he is judging right. He is doing what he's doing. It is fair. Everyone is having their fair, fair shake, as we said, and everyone is being taken care of. And because God saw that his heart was toward God's people, God blessed him beyond his wildest dreams. And that's what we can do. To, we can have the same thing today. If our purpose, if our hearts is for those that are lost, those that need Christ, if we're not just thinking about ourselves and our family as so many people pray, I always try to find someone that I could pray for. Not just my family. Lord, bless me and my family. If you bless my neighbor, then I'm, <laughs> I don't have to take you. <laughs> that was just a joke. But bless my neighbors too. Bless my neighbors. Give them wisdom. Give them the knowledge. Give them understanding. Bless them that they, that they can be a blessing to someone else. Not just me and my family. And that's, the, that's why the Bible said that the scripture, all, everything has been recorded for us as an example. It is, it is there to teach us so that we can know how to live and how we can know how to, um, to be a blessing to others. Because look at Solomon. He wasn't even thinking about himself at that time. God said he didn't, and I'm, know that, I'm sure there were some people that did him wrong. He said that he did not even ask for God to take revenge on that, those people. He did not ask for things for himself. But he was so concerned about God's people that God just decided to bless him tremendously. And our heart should be the same way. And, I, and over in the book of Isaiah, as we, we um, close now, Isaiah 8, um, 58, as you know, the folks was fasting. And the, the Bible said they was fasting for their own purpose. It was, they were just thinking about themselves. They pretend to be godly, and they, they, they was doing all these godly uh, rituals so that people could think they're all that. Their heart was not towards God, but that they can have that kind of recognition, that people can recognize them as great leaders in different things. And they asked God, well, we have been fasting, and you, it seems like you're not impressed with what we're doing. And the Lord says, the Lord um, let us pick it up from verse 6. Uh, Isaiah 58, verse 6. It said, No, this is the kind of fast, this is the kind of fasting I want. Because the Lord told him, I don't want that kind of fasting. That kind of fasting won't get anywhere with me. Because you're fasting to please yourself. He said, No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. Now that right there. I <laughs> and you might think that might not be in the Bible, right? Okay, then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward. The glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing fingers and spreading <laughs> vicious rumors. That one too, you might think that might not be in there. 
Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an even ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the, de the deserted ruins of your city. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and restorers of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. And speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day. And don't follow your own desire or talk idle. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor, Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. As I close, I want to ask this question. When Esther was about to go before the Lord for, before, no, when Esther was about to go before the king, he asked Mordecai to gather everyone and fast for her. Fasting, when we fast, we turn the plate down, we give up some things. Sometimes we fast from television so that we can, we cut out that noise so that we can hear from the Lord. But today, can we fast? Can we turn down that plate of self-gratification? Can we turn the plate down so we stop thinking about self? Can we turn the plate of hatred down that we can draw closer to God and to be filled with, that, with his love? Can we turn that, that, that selfishness down so that we, we can get closer to God and be more concerned about his people. We have to fast from some things so that we can be, be ready to take on this task that he has given us, the Great Commission, because the time is now. It is not tomorrow. It is not next week. It won't be next year. We don't know when. We have to work the works of the one who sent us, the one who called us now while it's day. Christ came. He is our great example, and he said that. He is the son of the king. He came, and he said he have to work the works of the one that sent him while it's day. We don't have to look far. Go to the malls. Go to the hospital. Go to the school. Walk through your neighborhood. And you will see how confused and helpless folks are. Have compassion. Have the compassion of Christ. Get on board. Find a place to serve. Find a place where you can reach God's people. And make the difference. The enemy have it set up that people are thinking that he is winning. But we know. We're not moving by what we see. We are moving by what we are moved by, what we know. And we know God has already won the battle. So today as I close, I want to leave you with one thought. The time is now. What can you do in the kingdom of God today?
Uh, if he did call you, were you holding back on him? Do you think you had to go to college to get a, uh, uh, some kind of a semin uh, seminary or things like that, whatever degree they call it? You don't have to. You, not, I'm not against education because we need that. That's how we learn to read. That's a, and, 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 and then you have the Holy Spirit that also teach you in, and, and remind you of the Word of God. And, and you get revelation from the Word of God through the Holy Spirit. But you don't have to wait for all of that. While you are going through school, if you are going, find a place to serve and make a difference in this world. The time is now. Pastor Shrod, as he comes, if there's anyone in this house that need prayer for God to ignite that fire that you had in your life, or just the courage to step up, step out and join with someone. If you don't want to go on your own, get with someone. You, all, you, could, you guys could go together. Reach someone for Christ. The time is now. The Great Commission is still going, but it is your time now to be a part of it. Pastor can't do all by himself. He can't go to all the hospitals. He can't go to all the, the homes. He can't reach all those that are calling on him. Find the place that you can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on home. I have a praise prepared for you. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.